Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. and welcome to against the mat wrestling podcast i'm your host i'm your co-host the kentucky guy and donnie cage hey donnie how we doing today buddy right on cue love that i like to be right on cue especially on a friday kentucky guy there we go yeah so hey folks if this is your first time listening to us uh we talk about wrestling pro wrestling uh past present and future superstars and things of that nature and uh also uh donnie has his own podcast go ahead sir that's right if you want to watch us on uh twitch we uh we are the uncaged voice podcast that's myself donnie cage top tier brian and jigsaw jester and we also uh post the episodes on youtube from time to time on the official uncaged voice podcast channel yeah and it's a great place guys make sure you check them out on twitch or youtube uh, also, if uh, you ever want to listen to the news, current updates, and a lot of different interviews as well, I uh, just completed an interview to, for tomorrow's show, and that's the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I host that. I'm the host and creator. Uh, we drop new episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, also, if you ever want to be a guest on this show or come and do your own interview, uh, you can do that. All you have to do is drop Donnie or myself a line at OL Kentucky. 99 at yahoo.com that's ol kentucky spelled out 99 at yahoo.com and we do drop new episodes here every monday and friday all right so uh yeah man a lot of things going out uh going on right now in the uh world of wrestling uh have you uh <laughs> have you <laughs> what's your thoughts sir but, I've seen a lot of shocking stuff. Well, to be honest, this week I was a little out of touch with what was going on. I'm not going to lie, but I am. But I've been reading some of the highlights, and as always, it's another been another eventful week. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and just uh, jump right into it. Uh, let's start off with the WWE, and this is uh, the part of the show where we talk about mainly opinions and uh, rumors. So. I usually find rumors, then we discuss them and give our thoughts on them. So we'll start out with the WWE this week because AEW has got far too much of our attention here lately with all their drama mama stuff. So uh, first headline reads, Vince McMahon, 2023 WWE Hall of Fame induction reportedly considered. Vince McMahon retired from WWE in disgrace in July, but the former WWE CEO chairman and head of creative reportedly made uh, may be penciled in for a huge appearance next year. According to Sonny Upel of the U.S. Sun, McMahon's daughter, Stephanie, wants to give her father a huge send-off. While nothing is official, the new co-CEO and chairwoman is reportedly uh, uh, in part of, te- of talks regarding Vince receiving a WWE Hall of Fame induction in, in 2023, which would uh, subsequently result in a appearance at WrestleMania 39 
in Inglewood, California. Although he was initially uh, defiant, McMahon did step down uh, from all of his positions uh, in July. Besides his status as a majority shareholder of the company, McMahon's decision to retire came amid an investigation by the WWE's board of directors into allegations that he paid millions of dollars to former female WWE employees in exchange for their silence regarding sexual relationships. Uh, after McMahon stepped down, Stephanie took on two of his roles, while Triple H was evaluated uh, uh, to the head of creative. Uh, Vince has remained completely out of the spotlight for the past couple of months, although Stephanie did orchestrate a farewell chant and a cheer from a live audience on the first episode of SmackDown after her father's retirement. Uh, while there is a great deal of controversy surrounding Vince, and I agree with this statement, Vince, at this point, there's no denying what he did accomplish as a businessman after buying WWE from his father in 1982. So I think I'll go ahead and comment first on this. That's okay. Uh, I think that uh, if they, I think they should go through with it. If anybody deserves to be in that hall of fame, especially since, uh, I mean, you wouldn't have WrestleMania if it weren't for Vince McMahon. You wouldn't have a lot of these superstars uh, that we grew up watching if it wasn't for him. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely think he deserves to. And, and I'll be honest with you, if they do this and go through with it, he's going to receive a huge pop, uh, with not only at the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony, but uh, at the, at the uh, WrestleMania. You know how they come out on the stage? He'll get a huge pop, in my opinion. What do you think, sir? I agree with pretty much every point you made. I mean, there's no question he's been a polarizing figure for many years. There's no question there are controversies surrounding the man. If you really were to dig deep, what person in the wrestling business doesn't have skeletons in their closet? Let's be honest. But the fact of the matter is that Vince McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, changed pro wrestling as we know it today and transformed it into this new form of sports entertainment that millions of people still watch to this day. So to not acknowledge that would would be disrespectful to the legacy of WWE. So I I I I agree it's it makes sense to do a a Hall of Fame induction for the man that took this company to new levels of success that are that are still going until this day. Yeah, 100% and he's still your uh majority shareholder too, so you better be a little nice to the guy, right? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I'm glad we're both in agreement on that. And I like, to, I want to see it. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see, uh, the pop that he gets, uh, when he comes back on, on stage. Don't get me wrong. Triple H is doing fantastic as a creative. Uh, Triple H should have had that job probably a couple years ago, but, um, Vince McMahon is so loved even when, uh, right smack dab in the middle, when the controversy first started. Uh, he came out, if you remember, uh, to a live show, a couple of them, but the first live show was on Raw, and that house cheered the house down and blew the roof off when he walked out, even though it was announced all over the world that he was under investigation. Do you recall that? I do recall that. I, I also recall that back in 1993, he was under investigation and on trial for his... Uh, role in the steroids controversy, which we all know hit the wrestling world a big way in the early nineties. But the fact of the matter is he was able to, he was able to move past that and uh, 
continue to build his empire. And like I said, it's his legacy. His legacy is never going to be denied. I mean, it has its place in the history of sports entertainment. So there's no reason to not at least acknowledge his accomplishments. Yeah. I mean, no matter uh, if he did what they say he did. Yeah. He's a crappy person, right? He is. Uh, But you can't take away, like you said, uh, his legacy. And, uh, you know, so, and yeah, he's been through several uh, lawsuits. Uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, they went to court. uh, WCW took him to court. Ted Turner. uh, He's, he's been through the heat and the cold, I guess you could say. (laughs) All right, so uh, the next topic, and this is something that we talk about. Uh, we talked about last episode. We talk about it on a lot of episodes, and guess what? We're going to keep talking about it until it comes to tuition. And that is, the headline reads, Bray Wyatt has reportedly held talks to return to WWE, although it's unclear where the, no- the negotiations stand currently. So according to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, uh WWE and Wyatt definitely had talks in the direction of him returning before they stalled. Uh, Meltzer added that it is not a dead issue, however. Uh, Meltzer also reported that Wyatt previously had uh, a contract, contacted, contract talks. Wow, I wish they'd get this spelling right. Uh, contract talks with other wrestling companies, but they never in, entered into the closing stages due to Wyatt's high contract demands. Now, I have heard that. I heard that, uh, he, he, you know, he, you're going to get him. You're going to pay for him. Uh, despite being a three-time world champion and one of WWE's biggest stars, Wyatt was shockingly, shockingly released from the company in July of 2021. Oh, wow. It's been over a year. I didn't realize it's been that long. Uh, Wyatt had been signed with WWE for over a decade at that point, and during that time had become known as one of the most creative minds and best characters in wrestling business. Uh, WWE released Wyatt at a time when it was parting ways with several notable wrestlers due to budget cuts. But many of those wrestlers have been brought back under Triple H's leadership. Uh, in Triple H's leadership, less than two months at the helm, WWE has re-signed Dakota Kai, Karrion Cross, Scarlett, uh, Dexter Loomis, Hit Row, Johnny Gargano, and Braun Strowman. Wyatt would likely be the big, no likely to it, he would be the biggest name among them to be brought back into the fold. Given that Triple H worked closely with White and NXT to develop his character, it is fair to assume that they have a solid relationship and respect for each other. Also, the fact that Wyatt hasn't wrestled anywhere else since getting released could be a sign that he favors WWE and has been waiting for an opportunity to return. Based on Triple H's willingness to restock the roster, uh, with former WWE talents, WWE has to be considered the favorite to land Bray Wyatt at this point. So, I wonder why the talk stalled. That doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> um, but he said it's not a dead issue. And David Meltzer, like him or hate him, I, I know he's a troll. I know he puts a lot of crap out there about five-star matches that he doesn't really mean just to get people talking, but... Usually when he gives a news report like this, he's he knows something. He's far, he's usually spot on, to be honest. Um, so I don't know. He says it's not a dead issue. That's good news to me. But what are your thoughts on that article? In my opinion, Bray Wyatt is not only a really creative person, 
but he's also trying to be a smart businessman. Like what is going to be the best decision for my future in the wrestling business? And personally, I don't think there was ever any chance of him going to either Impact or AEW. I think those were just some rumors people were throwing around because they figured, well, he got leased from WWE. He'll probably get picked up by one of those companies, right? And it was like, uh uh-uh, not not so fast. Uh, I know my worth. And if you're not going to pay me what I'm worth, then I'm just going to, then I'm just going to sit at home and take on some other projects until my phone rings one day and WWE wants to bring me back. And to me, Bray Wyatt has always been, he's somebody I compare a lot to Mick Foley because Mick Foley in the, when he was in his prime could effortlessly switch back and forth between different personalities. And that's something that Bray Wyatt has shown he can do as well. I mean, he can cut a hell of a promo and really get the crowd talking. And personally, I don't think he's a bad worker either. I just think that he's been booked in a way that so many of his matches involve these crazy smoke and mirror stuff that it, 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 um, it prevents him from showing you what he can really do in the ring, except on certain occasions. So again, it, it, you know, do I believe that the, talk, that the talks have stalled? I mean, maybe they have, but once again, it could just be an issue of they want to they wanna choose the right time to bring him back. They don't want to bring him back and have him get lost in the shuffle yet again. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. I mean, they're not going to bring him. He's not going to show up on a Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, and he's not going to show up at something like Extreme Rules. It, it's going to be a big, you know, it, it could be a Royal Rumble, uh, possibly WrestleMania. I hope they don't wait that long, but it possibly could be, uh, he, or maybe right before WrestleMania, the uh, pay per view right before that to set up something for WrestleMania. I don't know. But uh, I do know that, uh, he, you know, every every I see the Twitter world and uh, the dirt sheets talking about every Monday night and every Friday night. Will this be the night? Will it, he's not coming back on a normal show, uh, in my opinion. I, I, I just don't see it happening. I think it's going to be big, and it should be big, and it should be when we least expect it. What do you think about that? I agree 100%. I mean... We we know that somehow somehow there's going to be a leak when it eventually when it eventually happens, or there's going to be some really strong rumor that that blows up the internet, and people are going to be on Twitter and the other sites saying, "Oh man, he's coming back at this." But I, I'm with you that I think an appearance like a surprise appearance at the Royal Rumble or one of those big pay per views would be a smarter move than to bring him back at one of the B shows, if you will. Yeah, and uh, I tell you, um, I didn't expect uh, Braun Strowman to show up on Raw that night. Yeah, I, I mean, I expected him to be back because I heard they were in talks. But uh, the way they, the way they're doing it right now, uh, is very smart. Just like Johnny uh, Gargano when he first came back, uh, we were looking for him at SummerSlam, and then he was uh, he was on Impact and AEW, and then boom, he shows up on Raw. So uh, if they do it that way. Uh, and I think they will. Triple H is, uh, he's a smart guy, man. Uh, there's just no doubt about it. And, uh, he's good at the role that he's currently in. So it'll be interesting. But talking about a return of another WWE star, uh, there's been a major update on Charlotte Flair's return and plans for her for WrestleMania 39. Welcome back. The WWE women's division has come along a very long way in the last few years with new additions to the women's roster 
changing almost everything about the division at once. Uh, there have been some new stars coming up since then, and some of them have made huge impacts of their own. But the original prop is still there. Uh, now we might be on the way to seeing some of them clash. According to uh, Extra News, uh, Charlotte is ready to return to the WWE and could be back as soon as Extreme Rules in October 8th, but possibly later than Survivor Series in November. Oh, you know what? That's right. I'm sorry. I, uh, I'll get right back to this. We haven't had Survivor Series yet. Survivor Series could possibly be the show uh, if they get everything uh, panned out with Wyatt to return. I forgot. That's a big show. I forgot about it. Well, uh, well, it used to be a big show. I feel like in recent years, not as much, but uh, it is it is one of their big four pay-per-views, so I could see it potentially. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, Triple H, uh, in that interview I watched him do, he actually mentioned the big four pay-per-views and uh, how they need to be back to the esteemed part of the crop. So, yeah, I'm looking for some major stuff. He showed it in, at SummerSlam. Uh, his uh, fingers were all over it, so... Yeah. Uh, anyways, we'll get back to Charlotte here. Uh, Charlotte has been missing since WrestleMania backlash uh, in May of 2022 when she lost to Ronda Rousey. In addition, Charlotte is expected to defeat uh, Bianca Belair at WrestleMania 39 in April of next year. Surely to God, they're not going to give Ponytail Girl the title that long. Uh, Charlotte Flair is ready to return. They believe it could be soon. Uh, yeah, so I don't know, man. Uh, I, you know, I, I, Charlotte Flair is one of my, uh, if I, I guess if I have a favorite female wrestler, it would be her. Um, but, uh, I don't know how the fans would react seeing her win another title at WrestleMania. I mean, it's gotta, you know, they've got to, they need to change it up some, uh, don't get me wrong. Ponytail girl doesn't need to be the title. She definitely doesn't need to hold it until WrestleMania, but they need to change uh, Charlotte's character up just a little bit and not keep doing the same thing year after year. Your thoughts? Well, let's t let's take a trip down memory lane to one of your former idols. I say former. Woo! Uh, her father, the nature boy, Ric Flair, was on top for, what, the better part of uh, 15 years uh, when, he, when he was really in his prime? You know, from the early 80s to the mid-90s, even the late 90s. So we'll say you know, more closer to 20 years. And, you know, there's a reason why he was on top for so long. And that's because there were so few wrestlers who were at his level. And, you know, whether I love him or I hate him, that, that that's just the, the facts speak for themselves. And Charlotte Flair is very similar to that. Do I get a little tired of always seeing her in the main event and always winning titles at WrestleMania and so forth. Yeah, it gets a little repetitive, the formula. But until you can show me another star who can deliver the way that she can on the big stages, I, I, I don't see that changing too much in the near future. And I'm actually kind of surprised that if she does come back, that she's not going to be the one to unseat Liv Morgan on SmackDown. But then again, I guess they figure, well, Ronda Rousey's going to do that, and she's going to be the top heel on SmackDown. Ronda Rousey is going to break Liz Morgan's arm <laughs> when she gets hold of her again. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I don't know. I, surely to God, they're not going to put that match off till April, though. I mean, 
this Bianca Belair crap has got to end sooner. I was hoping Bailey would just end her already and be done and let's move on. You know, put her out of wrestling. She needs to retire. She's horrible. Goes gets in the ring and slaps her butt. I mean, that there's no call for that stuff. All right, all right. So I think you'll find this one, Mister Cage. Uh, funny is probably as funny as I do. I think this headline. I think this was funny. What they're doing here. Uh, funny, not in a good way. Just uh, funny in a stupid way. Uh, WWE confirms major name for SmackDown, and they tease a Roman Reigns feud. Uh, He's an impact player. There's a long story of history of wrestling, having mainstream celebrities brought in, having these people come in to add something to the show. It's kind of an idea that would often work as fans from the outside wrestling will tune in to see what is going on. WWE has done this for years, and now they are doing it again with one of the biggest names they have. WWE has announced that Logan Paul will be appearing on this week's SmackDown. This comes after undisputed WWE Universal Champion. See, that's the name I was trying to think of on the uh, last episode. That's a weird name, right? WWE Undisputed uh, Universal Champion. Roman Reigns to appear on, uh, sorry, after he appeared on Paul's Impulsive Podcast and then accused the show of mocking him. Reigns told Paul Heyman to handle this, which Heyman said he would do. Triple H then said uh, they were uh, they were welcome to handle this on SmackDown, with Paul being announced for the show uh, shortly after. Now I went and I dug up the tweets because I wanted to see exactly if this was true or what was going on, and I had the tweets. So Roman Reigns starts starts off on his Twitter: uh, "I bless the world and bring the island of relevancy to your show. You and your boys acknowledge me, and as soon as I'm gone." You run your mouth. Wise man. Handle him. Then Paul Heyman tweets, I'm in receipt of your command, and I shall indeed bestow upon Logan Paul the wisdom he so desperately lacks. Uh, my charitable chief, please consider this handled. Then Logan responds to all of them, and he goes, Exactly how do you plan on handling me? Question mark. Triple H then responds to all of them, it just so happens I have a globally televised platform to allow our superstars to handle their issues with one another. Consider this an invite for SmackDown tomorrow night. So it's kind of weird that Triple H uh, would would like invite them, uh, you know, so formally. But I think it's hilarious. Uh, I think that Logan Paul, uh, nobody's interested. And seeing Logan Paul fight Roman Reigns, they know he doesn't have a chance. I mean, this guy, okay, he's a popular YouTuber and an influencer. I'll give him that. Uh, you know, he started out uh, making videos on um, on that one platform that's no longer here. I can't think of the name of it. But anyways, uh, and, you know, him and his brother. And then, you know, he blew up when he came to YouTube. I got you. Yeah, he's a funny guy, I guess. Okay. But he has not paid any dues. All he's wrestled really is The Miz. And then in a tag team title uh, or a tag team match with The Miz once, I mean, he really, and he got stunned by uh, uh, Kevin Owens one time when he was there to support Sami Zayn. Look, this guy hasn't paid any dues at all. And you're going to put him in there with the best there is in the game right now? 
uh, I think that's suicidal for them. What are your thoughts? I mean, truth be told, we all know this is a publicity stunt. They want to generate more uh, interest from outside the wrestling world. So they figure, let's bring in this boxing and YouTube sensation to wrestle Roman Reigns. In one breath, you could say it's kind of smart because it's just a little stopgap for the tribal chief before his next big feud. We know he's not going to lose the title to Logan Paul. It's just going to be a showcase. Logan Paul can show off his athleticism, which I'll admit I was pretty impressed by in his match with The Miz at SummerSlam. But, um, I mean, as far as paying dues, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, what has he accomplished to deserve to get in the ring with Roman Reigns? I mean, if they were going to do somebody like, let's say, uh, Tyson Fury, who's another boxing star, um, to me, I'd be a little bit more intrigued by that match because he's he's wrestled one or two matches himself. He obviously got involved a bit at the uh, Clash of the Castle pay-per-view, and not to mention he's also a more physically intimidating guy who you could think could at least go toe-to-toe with the big dog for a little bit. Um but I mean, this is, this is going to be a foregone conclusion. It's just a little stopgap for the tribal chief. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, um, him beating some of the, some of like the up and coming stars that way. And this way, you could still have somebody else feud with him after the after he wraps up the storyline with Logan Paul. So I don't necessarily see this as the worst thing in the world, but eh, <laughs> doesn't really intrigue me that much. Well, he's my tribal chief. And I think you're wasting his time. Logan Paul's a joke, and he needs a stick to make him videos. Let's just be honest. This is uh, this is ridiculous. Somebody that should that would be an actual challenge uh, to the tribal chief, I think, uh, would be the Miz, Seth Rollins, or even Kevin Owens. Uh, why would you waste Roman Reigns' talent on a YouTuber? Uh, I just I don't get it. Okay, uh, so uh, let's go to the raw results. Uh, if you guys remember, if you listened to the last episode, uh, and you better have, you better be listening to them all, right, Donnie? Better be listening to them. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, uh, on last episode, I could not find the match card uh, for some reason, and I still don't know what happened, but I do have the SmackDown and the Rampage Smack. Uh, match cards for tonight uh and i do have the results so let's go into the raw results uh the judgment day who hasn't been the best group (laughs) since its creation uh however had a great night i thought they did on monday night uh the team operated in a way that got over on a big name face faces because of their uh cohesive attack and with ray and edge getting worked over uh, they didn't have to take a back seat to bigger names. Uh, this is likely a result of Ray wanting his son to get the best possible opportunities. But what, whatever the reason, it was a good night for the group to look like a true force instead of a fodder for the big moments uh, from the baby face they're feuding with. And yeah, I thought when they uh, when they attacked Edge and Mysterio, uh, I even thought Domin- uh, Dominic looked very good. Uh, he actually looked good. Edge made him look good in that match as well. And, uh, you know, Edge won the match, of course, because of the dequalification. But uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch the highlights of it or not. But that he actually, Dominic, he, I think he's 
I think he's improved in this role. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he's got a long ways to go. I still agree that he needs to go back to like something like a development, like a NXT. But uh, he's <laughs> uh, once he stops doing that luchador crap, he's actually kind of decent in the ring. I think so. What are your thoughts? Well, so, well, sir. First of all, it's not luchador crap. It's some it's some cool luchador high flying uh, repertoire. But anyway. Uh, no, I do agree that it was time for Dominic to change it up. And, and if, especially if he was joining this, uh, you know, this faction judgment day, you know, when you switch from being a fan favorite to a heel, your in-ring style is supposed to change. And, you know, some wrestlers do change it up a little bit when they switch from face to heel and vice versa. Other wrestlers, wrestlers just do the same thing regardless of, uh, what their, of what their character status is. But uh, this, uh, I think this is an important step for Dominic and could, uh, could lead to him getting some uh, not only character progression, but maybe uh, his ring work could continue to improve, which is great for him if it does. And maybe potentially it could lead to a one-on-one match with him and his father. I don't know if they would stretch it all the way out to WrestleMania. Personally, I don't think it has enough legs for that. But I, I'm sure that they are building towards an eventual father versus son matchup. You know, I, I thought that when he first when he first turned, um, but I don't know. Uh, did, I mean, Ray come out and he stopped Edge, tried to stop Edge uh, during their match, and uh, and Dominic really hasn't done a whole lot to his. I mean, he stood by and watched him get beat, but he's really not done a whole lot to Ray himself. I mean, yeah, he said some. Uh, crummy stuff you know as a part of his new uh new character but uh as far as like i i don't know man i i just i don't know if that match is going to happen or not i have my doubts uh just because of the way that uh they're portraying uh this feud it's definitely not going like i thought it was uh what i thought it would be was dominic i thought it would be like the kane and undertaker when kane first came back i thought ray mysterio wouldn't want to fight dominic dominic kept beating the crap out of him, you know, because he wouldn't fight him. And then finally Ray had enough, and then they'd have a match. But it's not went that way at all. So uh, what are your thoughts about the way it's going? It's kind of weird, right? Yeah, and it, and that, that concerns me a little bit. It's kind of like, all right, guys, make, you know, make a decision. Well, how's the storyline going to go? Don't, don't be all wishy-washy. We can't decide. Are they going to fight? Are they not going to fight? And there's just going to be some animosity there. It's like it's like no, we want to we want to see them either throw fists or don't throw or don't throw fists. Right, and I I kind of think that maybe just maybe, uh, Ray Mysterio might be on the verge of retiring. Uh, maybe one of the reasons uh, for this. Uh, I don't know. I know they just had his uh, 20 year uh, anniversary, but uh, he's been wrestling a lot longer than 20 years. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Uh, but yeah, you're right. They need to pull the trigger or, or, uh, let it go. Uh, the next match and this outcome, uh, delighted me, but also surprised the heck out of me, uh, to happen on raw. So, uh, it was for the women's tag team championship, Dakota Kai and IO sky. They actually defeated and are the new champions. They defeated Raquel uh, Rodriguez and Elia, uh, via pinfall for the win. Uh, I thought that that was awesome. Damage control, uh, man, they are just great. 
And of course, Aaliyah, who I said would be, who is the weakest link. Uh, she was stretched out. Uh, Bailey did help because she did knock uh, what you call its feet off the rope. However, we have new champions, the rightful champions that should have been ever since the tournament. And uh, yeah, damage control is here, man. What do you think? I, I think now it's time for damage control to add an, uh, an additional member. Uh, I'm thinking uh, someone who could be the muscle for the group. And I can't think of anyone better than Raquel Rodriguez. I mean, they don't, I mean, she doesn't have the titles with Aliyah now. So now Aliyah is just dead weight to her, basically. What, what does Raquel have to gain by staying in a tag team with her at this point? You join damage control and, uh, and, and you could be, you could be riding, riding a big wave of success. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned that, uh, well, we'll get into that when uh, we go over the SmackDown card for tonight. Uh, okay, so uh, the next match, uh, Johnny Gargano makes his debut in the ring on the main roster, and he actually defeats Chad Gable via pinfall with a slingshot DDT. Um, I thought the match was good. Uh, once again, I think that uh, Johnny Gargano is overrated, and I think that Chad Gable is underrated uh, on the show. Um, I'm not, not happy or satisfied with the results, but, uh, I did think they both had a good match and man, you know, you're going to sit there and you're going to have Otis charge Johnny Gargano after, after the match. And, uh, you're going to let Johnny wrestling really get the best of Otis. What a waste. What a waste. Your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So th this is what I think. So first of all, I do agree with you on one point that you made, which is that Chad Gable very underrated wrestler, always underutilized, 100%. And that dates back to his days when he was a part of American Alpha. Um, so he's always very underutilized, both on the mic and in the ring. He, he, he always brings his A game. Um, but, but, sir, we are talking about Johnny wrestling here, and he, and he deserves the, the respect. I mean, he's, it was a triple crown winner in NXT, had had a huge had tons of success first with DIY then as a singles wrestler then with the with the as the leader of the way a lot of those segments he did on television for NXT were priceless and um, you know I I think it's great that he's finally getting a shot on the main roster and you know uh, you know what's going to happen with him next I don't know I mean maybe eventually if they end up elevating Bobby Lashley back into the main event scene which is what they absolutely should. Then, uh, you know, maybe we'll get to see Johnny Gargano and his old buddy Austin Theory feud over the United States title. That could be an intriguing feud right there. How dare you come on this show and talk positive about Johnny Wrestling, the most overrated cat from NXT. Shame on you. Shame on you. Okay. <laughs> so then... Uh, Kevin Owens comes out and uh, he interrupts Theory's uh, promo demanding that uh, he does more than live off opportunities that have been handed to him and instead show up to work every day, check his ego at the door and prove he is the man uh, he claims to be. Uh, <laughs> they actually started brawling and uh, Theory was left bloodied by uh, Owens. Uh they actually, the reports are that Owens actually broke Theory's nose uh, was during this segment, 
And Owens made the remarks that if I broke his nose, that's just the beginning. So this is, again, uh, first of all, I like Kevin Owens, but leave Theory alone, buddy. You know? Uh, again, Theory gets knocked the crap out. <laughs> he Like he did at uh, Clash of the Castle by Tyson Fury. Um, I, I don't I don't think they're going to push theory uh, like they were at all. Uh, he just keeps uh, getting pummeled. I know he beat Dolph Ziggler, but I mean, who doesn't beat Dolph Ziggler? So I don't know your thoughts. Well, wh- well, one question I have right off the bat is, is Kevin Owens still a heel or is he more of like a tweener now? Cause this is something I'm really confused by because it seems in one breath, like he's, He's, uh, he's at odds with the bloodline because he's good friends with Sami Zayn, we know, who, who of course, is out an ally of the bloodline currently. He's and, a baby. Okay, so they so they switched him baby face. All right. So that makes sense now. And, you know, honestly, I mean, Kevin Owens, I mean, this is a guy that main evented night one of WrestleMania 38 against Steve Austin. So, I mean, we know that Kevin Owens is legit. Um I mean, I've expressed in the past how I dislike theory, but I'm still not going to deny that he's a great look and he is a good worker. Is he going to be buried at this point? I mean, well, if you think historically about this, a lot of the money in the bank title holders, uh, well, not title holders, but briefcase briefcase holders, um, end up up suffering a lot of losses in their build-up to their eventual cash-in. So it seems like they're following the traditional formula right now where Theory loses a lot of matches and he's always, always uh, gets his cash-in attempts uh, foiled and then he cashes in when you least expect him to do it. And that's what leads to him uh, winning the title. Now, I said it before and I'll, and I'll say it again. I don't think he's ready for to, to be at that level just yet. I think maybe in two or three years he might be there, but I don't think he's at that level just yet. And Kevin Owens, as you mentioned earlier, you said, well, why don't we put him against Roman Reigns? Or I mean, they have a lot of history, and that would make sense to have a feud between the two of them, which if Kevin Owens lost, that could eventually lead to him and Sami Zayn reuniting, have a little tag team feud with the Usos to finally get some, some of the belts off of them. So it, it almost writes itself, that storyline. Yeah, I, as long as Roman Reigns is champion, I can't see... Austin Theory cashing in and winning the title. And I'm not saying he's not going to cash in, but I'm not saying I, I can't see him being the one to uh, dethrone the tribal chief, especially after the reign uh, for three going on, what, three years now uh, as champion. So, uh, yeah, I think he'll do it when we least expect it. I think Roman will have to drop one of the belts before that happens, and he'll do it to the current champion. Uh, whose whose name is not the tribal chief. Uh, the next match, uh, Sonya Deville showed up to the ring and she challenged Ponytail Girl uh, to a to a match uh, for the uh, Raw Women's Championship. Once again, Sonya Deville, she's a jobber. She's a waste of space. Don't know why they keep putting all these uh, fake people in front of Bel Air and letting her keep getting the victory like she's some great champion or something. This match was boring. This was the time of the show where I got up, went and got something to drink, and took my time because it was stupid. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, ever since uh, they stopped the angle where Sonya Deville was uh, 
I, I don't even know what her official on-screen title was, but she worked alongside Adam Pierce to, to make different matches and everything. Um, ever since they took her out of that role, she's been pretty much a waste of space. And, and, and I'm trying, I'm not trying to diss her personally in any way, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going to put Bianca, the raw women's champion in a match, you want to put her against someone who at least could realistically defeat her, which Sonia Deville was not going to, was not going to beat her unless she somehow cheated to win. Yeah. She was actually a co-general manager with Adam. Uh, believe it or not. Yeah. She no was general there. manager. Yes. Yeah, she was up there. Uh, so uh, speaking of a waste of space, uh, the next match was Omos, who defeated uh, people I don't even know, uh, Cash Marzi and somebody named Ryan Toombs. Uh, he beat him pinfall, of course, uh, with a choke slam. Uh, don't know. Once again, you're never going to build. This is one of those characters. They're never going to build up like they want having him fight handicap matches with two jobbers that nobody's heard of. Uh, it, it's a waste of time and it, it's a waste of, it's a waste of airtime as well. It's wasting the fans time. It's wasting MVP who could actually be managing somebody decent who might have a shot to take the belt from Bobby Lashley or, or whomever. Um, yeah. I mean, this guy fighting jobbers. I mean, if you're, if you're that worried about his skills, send the guy to NXT and let him work there for a year or two and develop his skills. Your thoughts? I mean, this idea just kind of popped into my head now. First first of all, I forgot Omos was, was still employed because he's so very infrequently on TV anymore. Uh, <laughs> but uh, be that as it may, uh, if you remember earlier this year, he was feuding with Bobby Lashley. And I think that they kind of missed a golden opportunity here. Instead of pitting those guys against each other, they could have made them a dominant tag team. And because honestly, that is the best use of Omas, making him be a part of a tag team where his partner is the workhorse who, who, you know, does, who, who wrestles 80% of the match and takes some of the heat and then tags him in. And then he just destroys people when he gets in the ring. That formula worked perfectly with AJ Styles. And could have worked well with a guy like Bobby Lashley, too, as a tag team partner. But again, WWE missed the ball. They kept saying, well, we're going to push Omos as this unstoppable monster. Well, how's he an unstoppable monster if all he does is is squash jobbers? Right. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, and actually, well, I don't agree 100%. Uh, and the reason why is I don't think Bobby Lashley uh, would make a good tag team partner. But the formula with AJ Styles, you're spot on. Uh, and I think that, uh, I think they could go back there right now. AJ's not in a title hunt as a single competitor, uh, at the moment. Uh, he's really not feuding with anyone. Um, an Omos and, uh, AJ style reunion may save Omos's career. What are your thoughts about that idea? Would not be opposed to it. It was a, it was a pretty good combo. And, uh, I, I agree with you 100%. AJ Styles is too good to just be wasted on the roster right now. I mean, ba- ba- basically, he's he's showing up to TV, he's wrestling matches, and he's collecting a paycheck. That's pretty much all AJ's doing right now. I mean, come on. This this guy is a multi-time WWE champion. He's done it all in this company, and before that, he did it all in TNA slash Impact Wrestling. Let, let this guy, we know he's probably getting towards the end of his career, I'd imagine, but... 
let them make 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 better use of them on television. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, yeah, you mentioned impact. Yep, absolutely. He was top of his game there. Uh, he was a Grand Slam champion there, just like he is on WWE. He was also a Grand Slam champion on uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, he also had the world title in the television title on Ring of Honor. So, yeah, he's been around a while. Now, AJ did get started very young in his career. I don't think he's close to retiring. He's pretty young, unless he's just, you know, tired of the game. But, uh, yeah, he... Uh, and, you know, Warren said something when I had him on the show uh, before you came along. He said that AJ is doing what AJ wants to do right now. He's more of a family man and what have you. And that's great. That's fine. But, you know, you have fans like us, and, and we're the majority. Uh, we want to see this guy. You know, we don't, we don't want to see him chasing uh, and fighting someone, you know, that's never had a title or never been in the name of it and just, showing up to get a paycheck uh you're absolutely right and i agree with you it's a waste of talent it, it, it definitely is uh they don't call him the phenomenal one for no reason uh then raw and then it gets weird right so then now it shows dexter loomis <laughs> it, it shows him the screen pops up and he's inside of Miz's house and uh Miz ended ended the interview and uh he kicked out the wwe crew and uh that's it it went off um man that storyline is so weird and so odd uh to be honest with you i can't wait to see what's next it's kind of intrigued me now <laughs> your thoughts my thoughts are, are they ever gonna wrestle a darn match i mean come on now how many weeks has it been of this uh uh, Dexter Loomis is stalking Miz. Dexter Loomis is kidnapping Miz. Miz doesn't want to talk about what happened with Dexter Loomis. Miz is kicking the camera crew out of his house because Dexter Loomis snuck inside. I, I just want to see these these two fight out fight out their differences in the ring. It's the it's the Brian Pillman Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, narrative. Did did you not catch that? That's what it is, bro. It's the Stone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only difference is uh, Miz doesn't have a nine uh, nine millimeter gun in his hand. <laughs> you mean Loomis? Loomis is a crazy one, uh, and he doesn't have one yet. <laughs> Loomis doesn't seem like much of, much of a gun uh, a guns guy. He seems uh, like the type that uh, likes to use his bare hands to do the talking. <laughs> yeah, I hope that he uh, uh, when they do bring him back, I hope that uh, he's good. I mean, I hope they don't waste him because he's got potential to uh be one of the superstars um i like him being a crazy guy uh i think that's his forte it's a lot better than him running around with that girl indy acting like they get married and crap uh so but anyways we'll move on uh to the smackdown card for tonight's show uh first of all we know that logan paul and paul Heyman are going to be on tonight's show uh we've already discussed that uh, here's an interesting match. It's a four-way dance for the number one contender. Uh, it's the New Day versus the Brawling Brutes versus Hit Row. I don't have any idea why these dummies are in the match versus Imperium. So my question is, where are the Vikings who destroy the New Day, who should have already been retired uh, every single week? Why are they not in this match? And why in the world? Is hit row in this match? 
Your thoughts? Well, I totally agree. The Viking Raiders should be in this match, or should be—I should say—the new and uh, what is it? Uh, more malicious Viking Raiders. What do they? What do they call them now? Uh, something like that. It's stupid. Go ahead. Um, because I would have assumed that if the Viking Raiders were in the match, that they would have given the other three teams a formal Viking funeral from just from just destroying them. Um, because as entertaining as I find Hit Row to be, uh, as I've expressed before. When it comes to their work in the ring, uh, they're pretty much outclassed by everybody in there, whether it's uh, the New Day, the Brawling Brutes, or, uh, or or Imperium. I mean, if it was my decision, this would be an easy win for Imperium, personally. Possibly the Brawling Brutes, I'd be okay with them winning, just because I'm a, I'm a Butch Pete Dunn fan. Um, Ridge Holland, you know, can take him or leave him. But... Uh, the New Day, and the New Day is just, I, I mean, you know, they've accomplished so much in their career, and, you know, hats off to them, but their their time is done now. We need we need some new, fresh tag teams. Yeah, I'm a fan of Pete Dunne. I am not a fan of Butch at all. I think they've ruined the Pete Dunne character with that. Um, also on the card for tonight, and this kind of, uh, I told you uh, we'd talk more about it, um, Raquel Rodriguez in singles competition. And she'll be facing Bailey tonight. So that should be an interesting match, in my opinion. Uh, if Rodriguez was ever going to be the giant, this would be, or the strong arm, as you said, uh, in Bailey's faction, this would be the time to do it instead of going out there and trying to destroy Bailey. What do you think? 100% agree. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I have no doubt they're probably going to have a match, but. I could see, you know, Aaliyah being out there with uh, Raquel Rodriguez and trying to get involved in the match, and maybe she gets into a fight with uh, the other two members of uh, of Damage Control, and it looks like Raquel's going to come to her aid. But oh no, Swerve Raquel just hit her with the with the Chikino bomb in the middle of the ring. How could she do such a thing to her tag team partner? Yeah, uh, I think Aaliyah's done. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I, I think they've got to send her off, and I think that'd be the way to send her off. I, I really, in all honesty, um, I think that she's done. Uh, just like a gentleman we're going to talk about here in a moment in AEW, uh, I think that she's going to disappear. We're not going to see her again, and then we're going to hear of her release. Uh, and then also, the last match of the night they have, or the last match that has been reported so far for the night, is Sami Zayn versus Ricochet. Interesting match here. Both these guys have been on a kind of a losing streak. Uh, I don't know where they're going with this. Uh, they had some great matches back back when uh, Sami Zayn was the Intercontinental uh, Champion. Um, not sure what they're doing with Rick, Ricochet. I think, uh, and we've discussed this before, I think it's time for him to move on to greener pastures. Uh, there's just too many, many people there. He's getting lost in the shuffle, and he's too good of an athlete to uh to be wasted Sami Zayn, uh on the other hand wwe has been his home for a very long time uh he is uh got back in shape um i think i hope they're prepping him to rejoin as a tag team with kevin owens and just absolutely dominate everybody except the bloodline your thoughts i i agree on uh, ricochet i think i think he's been ever since he left nxt he's been just been bumping around and not really doing much of significance 
And I think it could be better. His talents could be better used elsewhere. I think he would be a big star if he went to impact. Um, AEW, I don't think would be a good option for him. I think he would just wind up uh, on episodes of AEW dark, to be perfectly honest. Could see him going back to new Japan where he also had great success there. I mean, he had classic matches with Will Ospreay and other uh, wrestlers while he was there. Um, you know, there's, there's options for him out there, but in all honesty, I don't think that he should stay in WWE much longer. Now, I don't know if you watch this wrestling, um, you know me, I'm, I'm pretty psycho when it comes to wrestling, uh, shows. I try to watch them all. Um, there is a show that I think that he would fit in just right. Uh, and actually one of the main guys on the show, uh, Conan was his manager uh, when he was in Luchador Underground Wrestling. And that show is AAA Wrestling. And I think if he goes there, puts his mask back on, goes as Puma, um, he could be world champion in that division. I really believe that. Have you ever Have you ever watched that show? I have watched bits and, bits and pieces of it, and there was a lot of great athleticism there. And I do remember seeing his uh, Prince Puma character and thinking, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, at one time, Kenny Omega was the uh, world champion at uh, AAA. I tell you what, Donnie, and this is for the audience listening as well. If you ever want to see a great match, uh, look it up. It's on YouTube. You can find it anywhere. Uh, it's AAA Wrestling. Kenny Omega defends his title uh, with um, against. Uh, he's with Conan. Conan is his uh, manager or, or what have you, his guidance, whatever he is, the smart man. Uh, and he goes against uh, Andrade with Ric Flair in his corner. That is a great match. Uh, You can see the potential in Andrade, and you can also see how great uh, Kenny Omega is. So if you guys ever get a chance, watch that match. It was very, very good. So let's move on to uh, AEW Dynamite results uh, for this past week. Um, the first match was John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara. Um, I thought that was a great match. Um, I actually thought Sammy was going to pull it off. Um, the only thing I, I didn't like is Sammy wrestled so fantastic. And then he had that stupid girl come out and the other woman as well. And they kind of ruined the match at the end. Uh, but all through the match, Sammy Guevara really was, uh, on his top game. And I enjoyed that match a lot. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean he's a great he's a great athlete, and uh, him him and Moxley have a very interesting uh, contrast in styles because Moxley we know is more is more of a brawler, and you know Sammy uh, put a, put a lot of that athleticism on display. I I was not surprised that John Moxley ended up winning. I mean I mean I assumed he was a shoe in to get to the finals of the AEW World Championship tournament. Or, or, or that he will be at least, um, but uh, but you know, Sammy, uh, you know, one day maybe maybe he could see himself ascend to the world title picture. You know, it's not his time just yet, but you know, give him a bit. He might he might he might surprise you and might get there. You see, that's that's my whole problem with Tony Khan and AEW is just what you said. You assumed, you thought, deep in your heart, you knew. John Moxley was going to win that match. There's no surprise when it comes to AEW anymore, unless, you know, the wrestlers go off script and have a brawl in the locker room. 
but I mean, it, it's so predictable. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, uh, I think that it would have, we would be having a completely different conversation if Sammy would have won that match. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it would have been great um, for shock value, I mean, because it would have been unexpected, no question about it. Um, but, but that being said, I I also think they, they feel like, you know what, Moxley is a reliable hand, and he's someone that we want in the world title picture one way or another. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the next part of the show, the future champion, and the greatest superstar that AEW currently has. Uh, MJF comes out with a microphone, demolishes, demolishes John Moxley uh, in his promo. Uh, talks about Moxley's alcohol addiction. Uh, just, just really, I mean, just a fantastic promo. And then at the end of his promo, uh, he actually calls out the faction uh, that he's not really a part of, I guess, the way he talked. Uh, and their leader, his best friend, and uh, they come out, and the guy, uh, I can never remember that guy's name. Uh, what's his name? Stokely Hathaway. Okay, Hathaway. Uh, he he introduces everybody, tells them he loves them, uh, but he's not their manager. He's just a friend who knows people and how to get things done. I thought that was very cool. That was the first time. I enjoyed him at AEW. Uh, I, I haven't I haven't enjoyed him as being the uh, manager of the uh, television or the ladies' title uh, at all. I don't think he's had a chance to uh, put his voice out there like I know he can do, as he did on NXT with Diamond Mine. Um, and this was the first time uh, I was like, you know what? It's going to work. He, he's going to work in AEW. It's the first time that I've thought that personally. Your thoughts? Well, yeah. I mean, if you get if you give a guy who can speak, who has the gift of uh, the the gift of his voice, the chance to actually speak, then yeah, it's going it's going to work. And um, you know, again, I, I I love to knock MJF. I love to harp on the guy, but we all know that he can talk. That 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 is his biggest gift is is his mouth. He's, he never know never knows when to shut up, but when he when he does that, people are glued to the TV screen. There's no question about it. And Stokely Hathaway, same thing. He knows he knows how to cut a promo and to get people riled up. So, and that's what you got to do. You got to let them get out there and and use those voices. Yeah, and MJF, uh, going back to him real quick, uh, he is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the the way uh, he came out there. The audience once again goes crazy and applause for him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he does the right thing. He tells them to shut up. <laughs> he even made the uh, the guys in the back stop playing his music. I love this guy, man. This guy is no doubt going to save aid. If there's any saving to this company, it's going to be on this guy's back. Uh, the next match was Jungle Boy. Oh, this is uh, what I was going to talk to you about that I mentioned in the last segment. Uh, Jungle Boy versus uh, Jay Lethal. Uh, Jungle Boy actually got a huge win, uh, making Jay Lethal uh, tap out. Uh, I don't get that. I don't care about this match. Jay Lethal is the best rest, one of the best wrestlers out there. Uh, Jungle Boy should have never even had a chance against him. But here's the thing: where is Luchasaurus? 
who just turned on Jungle Boy. Why is he fighting Jay Lethal and not having a promo or a match against Luchasaurus? Luchasaurus, like I said, if they ever split up, he'd be gone. I think he's gone. What are your thoughts? I think they're playing the long game with this storyline. I, I think maybe he's gone for a couple of weeks. Then they're going to bring him back to TV so they can keep this feud going. Because you also have to remember, Jungle Boy has unfinished business with Christian Cage. Now, Christian Cage, as I understand, is nursing an injury right now. So that's why we haven't seen much of him. But Luchasaurus is going to kind of uh, fill that void, if you will, until Christian Cage is healthy to have a full match with Jungle Boy. And... It'll be it'll be it'll be exciting. It'll be your your standard big man little man match, which uh, which can be fun if it's done right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, uh, Lucha. The only thing I can figure out is if he's not, and he will be gone. I mean, you guys can write it down. He might not be gone right now. Donnie may be right, but he he will fade away. He'll he'll be gone. You'll be hearing about his release. Uh, I'll be surprised if. Uh, He's with the company by December. But what they may be doing is Christian Cage, he is he is injured. Uh, once he gets healed, maybe when Christian comes back, they'll bring Luchasaurus back and they'll try that scenario again that, uh, you know, to come out that uh, Christian put him up to turn against him to uh, join Jungle Boy because he never really laid a hand on Christian, uh, even when he went back with Jungle Boy. Um, and, uh, you know, to get Intel or something, I mean, I can possibly see that happening. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that he's going to rejoin with Christian or, uh, it's just going to be a singles, uh, feud with, uh, jungle boy. Uh, I mean, I would assume he's going to rejoin up with Christian, but like you said, I mean, they really, they really didn't make it clear where Luchasaurus's allegiances really lied. Because when Jungle Boy came back, Luchasaurus kind of just just took a step away from everything and played the whole neutral card. But then yet he came out at at All Out and destroyed Jungle Boy on the entrance ramp. And then Christian Cage came in the ring and picked up the broken pieces. So, I mean, the most logical thing would be that Christian Cage and and Luchasaurus were working together the whole time. But I don't know if that's going to be the end result. Yeah, that, that should be the storyline, though, because that's the only one that makes sense to me. Now, normally, I don't talk about uh, what goes on backstage unless, you know, it's something major. But they, there was a couple backstage uh, interviews that happened uh, that were, uh, I don't know, they were kind of shocking in, in a sense. First of all, uh, Ethan, Ethan Page, uh, who's a part of this new faction, not faction, whatever they are, uh, said he's going to make an example out of Dan, Danhausen on Rampage tonight, this Friday, which is tonight. Um, Danhausen shows up, and, you know, he puts a curse on him, so I don't know if Ethan's going to make it to the match or not. But And then it shows Matt Hardy, who goes over his history with Darby Allen and the matches that they've had, and he actually challenges Darby Allen to a match for Rampage tonight as well. So, uh, yeah, so both of those interviews... Um, Kind of out of nowhere, and I usually don't talk about interviews, but uh, I kind of enjoyed both of them. I thought that uh, Dan Housen, he just cracks me up. I know he's not like a fantastic wrestler or anything, but when he does that curse thing, I mean, it, it just, it, it, it's a, William Regal was the best one 
he did the curse on William and William act like uh, it actually affected him. So I thought that was pretty cool. But anyways, did you catch those interviews or your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, this is my thought. I mean, first I'll talk about the Matt Hardy, Darby Allen thing. Um, you know, I mean, this is going to be a win for Darby Allen. I would, I would certainly think because he's the younger talent who's still up and coming. Um, this is kind of a placeholder because I, I don't know if you've heard these rumors, but apparently Jeff Hardy is on his way to getting out of rehab. And the rumor going around is that when he comes back, we might see a Jeff Hardy Darby Allen feud. Well, a match at least. I don't know about a full blown feud, but um, which which could be kind of interesting. But uh, as far as Dan Housen and uh, Ethan Page go, uh, you know, Dan Housen's uh, magic spell is very interesting. I just wish that he would cast a magic spell to make him make himself permanently disappear from my screen. <laughs> How dare you talk about Dan Housen like that? Oh, my goodness. Take that back right now. Take it back. I'm not saying the word. Can't, can't do it. Can't do it. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it, it, it's like it's like that show, uh, uh, that old movie where he puts the uh, baby powder on his hand and slaps a hoe. That's what I want to do to you right now. Put baby powder on my hand and just slap you. Dan, how's he di- disappear from the screen? My goodness. Okay, so I can't get over, <laughs> I, I need to get over that. Okay, so the next match, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs versus uh, Matt De, De Mart- Martino. Uh, Hobbs wins, of course. Uh, Hobbs is running his mouth uh, after the match, and Ricky Starks comes to the arena out of the crowd, and uh, they do a stare-off. Uh, Ricky Starks surprisingly lost to uh, powerhouse hops. He lost to him legally, by the way, uh, during All Out, which I thought was a mistake. Uh, so maybe, maybe they're going to try to rectify that, and these two are going to have another match in the next coming up pay per view. Uh, or Dynamite. Who knows with the AEW? They do big matches on Dynamite as well, so who knows? But, uh, what are your thoughts, sir? Uh, I mean, I'm with you. They, they made the wrong call at uh, all out i'm not suggesting that you shouldn't push powerhouse hobbs because because i get he's another up-and-coming star but ricky starks is by far the bigger up-and-coming star out of the two of them and he he really should have won that match at all out but he didn't so hopefully aew can right their wrongs and can get ricky starks career back on track yeah if they don't they're gonna lose them just like Ethan, Ethan Page is a great wrestler. If they don't start righting some of these wrongs, like you just said, uh, they're going to lose those two. And those two are talents that I am sure Triple H is chomping at the bits to sign. Those are two young stars who have a lot of front of them and a lot of good good, I call it, in front of them. Uh, the next match, uh, the Lucha Brothers. This See, this is, again, I don't understand this. Uh, actually fought for the uh, ta- the AEW tag team titles against Swerve and Glory. Swerve and Glory actually won. What? You're going to come out here the week before. You're going to become the trios champion. You're going to be in line for a chance at the tag team titles. And you're going to lose to big old fat Keith Lee and Swerve. I, I just, I don't get it. 
this was one of the matches. This was one of the matches this week where I actually threw the remote at the television at the end. Your thoughts? Well, I, I didn't throw the remote because uh, I didn't want to uh, break my uh, flat screen, but uh, but it definitely upset me because the Lucha Brothers are undoubtedly one of the best tag teams out there, and there's no reason they should be losing to Swerve and uh, Swerve in their glory. Even if I do like Keith Lee and and Swerve Strickland individually, I've I've said it repeatedly that uh, you know as a tag team, I, I don't think they have much more of a shelf life. Yeah, they're going to let this stupid group that comes out rapping. I can never remember their name, and I don't want to hear it. I don't I don't care what their name is, the Steam or whatever they are, uh, because uh, they're a waste of space. But they're going to let these guys be champions. You watch. They're, they're going to they're – and the tag team titles are going to become uh, obsolete in AEW, the way they're going. Uh, so, once again, we have an interview backstage, and I find it interesting – because of what happened. So they're interviewing Pac. Uh, he took exception to uh, Marvez's uh, wording and was reminding him that, hey, you know, we're the newly crowned trio champion. I'm the Atlantic champion. And uh, the stupid orange head freak comes up and punches Pac and uh, knocks him out and says, he won't be champion, double champion for long. Please. Like, he has a chance, a prayer, against Pac. Once again, this is a waste of time. Pac will destroy this guy who knows how to put his hands in the pocket and uh, puts cool sunglasses on. Your thoughts? Well, those are a very sharp pair of sunglasses that I, I wish I owned uh, an identical pair to Orange Cassidy, actually. Um, well, the only thing I'm going to say is Orange Cassidy, Mr. Freshly Squeezed, has surprised us with his in-ring ability especially um uh, especially on certain occasions we saw his work with chris jericho with will osprey he uh he, he can surprise you even though he's got that super laid-back kind of 80s uh 80s uh, high school guy uh vibe about him um i i don't see him unseating pack there's no question about it um you know it's got to be a little bit more of a serious competitor is going to come in and, uh, and unseat pack from the all Atlantic championship, but uh, it should, it should still make for an entertaining match when they eventually wrestle. You know, what should happen. They should take this orange haired guy, ship him to WWE and his only opponent every week. When you do give him uh, television airtime should be him and drew McIntyre. They would be perfect together. Perfect. Yeah, I like that idea. And then we had the WWE or the e oh God AEW uh, interim women's interim women's world champion match or uh, not match uh, Tony Storm and Athena versus uh, uh, Serena Deb and Britt Baker uh, with Rebel. Uh, Deb actually pinned Storm in the match. Uh, but, uh, the, uh, the female that was in the four-way match, uh, what's her name? That's, uh, Baker's friend. Jamie Hader. Yeah. Jamie Hader. Thank you. I can, there's a couple wrestlers that I just don't know well enough and I cannot remember their name, but, uh, anyway, she interfered kind of, sort of in the match. She called the distraction, uh, to storm allowing Deb to get the pin. Now she did walk away from Britt Baker as Britt was saying, I said, I was sorry and screaming at her. Um, so that definitely 
they're definitely going to play a role there. Uh, I don't know if Britt Baker's going to get an actual opportunity one-on-one at Storm, and then uh, Jamie Hayter's going to come in and interfere, or Jamie Hayter's finally going to get her one-on, uh, one-on opportunity, uh, get ready to win the title, and Britt Baker interferes and costs her the match. But either way, neither one of these two are going to be champion anytime soon, in my opinion, because I think they're getting ready to have a feud uh, themselves. Your thoughts? Well, it definitely seems like they're going in that direction. And uh, they've been hinting at it for a while now, little little subtle hints they've been dropping off and on. And I'll tell you what, Jamie Hayter is, uh, is, is very talented. I think she should definitely be getting this push. Um, I also, I, I always jokingly uh, call her my future wife as a, as a joke because uh, I, 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 li- I do like me some Jamie Hayter. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I mean, the thing is that they've kind of strapped a uh, rocket to Tony Storm right now. I don't see her dropping the title to anyone. I think they eventually want to do that, um, you know, unification match with Thunder Rosa because she is still technically the AEW women's champion. So once that happens, then we'll find out if Tony Storm's going to stay uh, stay on top for a while, or what's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I I definitely think they're building towards a Jamie Hader Britt Baker feud. So I have one thing to say about your comments about Jamie Hader. Um, just one word, gross. Ugh. But anyway, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, okay. So yeah, Jamie Hader gets a push. Yeah, that's okay. But, I mean, you have to admit, even your love for her, you have to admit, she's not going to beat uh, uh, Brett Baker at all. And she has zero chance there. Would you at least agree with that? I do not agree that she has zero chance. Do I Do I think it is possible that she might, it might, might come up short in that match? 100%. I'm not going to take anything away from, from, uh, from Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. But... Don't do not uh, count Jamie Hader out just yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, then we go to the main event. The Wizard Chris Jericho faced the American Dragon uh, Brian Danielson. I thought. Now I really thought that this was this match was actually better than the one that they had it all out. Um, both of these guys came to wrestle. Uh, there was a lot in stake. It was uh, to be in the final to go up against John Moxley. Uh, next week on Dynamite uh, for the championship, not interim championship, but for the championship. And uh, I thought these two put on a great match, a great match. Uh, actually, the crowd, if I remember correctly, started, uh, they didn't yell it was awesome. They were yelling something like fight forever, I think, because it was, uh, these guys could not uh, pin each other. And then finally, uh, Brian Danielson, uh, he actually catches uh, Jericho in the uh, label lock. And uh, Jericho does tap out. Um, so that means you're going to have Daniel Bryanson uh, facing John Moxley. John Moxley comes out. I didn't know if he was going to deck Brian Danielson or what he was going to do, but he actually just shook his hand. Uh, I think this is going to be a good match. These two, when they fought before, uh, right before they became partners, I thought was when uh, William Regal made his debut for AEW, I thought that match was spectacular. So uh, I'm a, I'm actually kind of excited for uh, Dynamite this week just because of that match. Uh, what are your thoughts? I'm also excited for it. And what I love about this main event is you have two is you have two great wrestlers who the fans love and who are locker room leaders and have zero drama. 
behind the scenes. They, they don't have to go off script and start bashing other members of the roster during press conferences. They don't have to start fights in the locker room to, to try to prove how tough they are, which we all know is a, is, is a complete load. Um, I, I, I'm intrigued by this match. I don't know who's going to win it just yet. Um, if, if I had to pick one out of the two, I would like to see the American Dragon prevail and win the AEW title because I, he's just he's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world and, uh, and, and he deserves this opportunity not to take anything away from John Moxley. Oh, my goodness. They put that title on uh, Brian Danielson. Uh, it's going to be a discredited title. I mean, you couldn't even beat Hangman Adam Page. He couldn't beat Kenny Omega. I mean, say what you want. Yeah, he's the best maybe technical wrestler out there. But, uh, sure. I mean, I, I don't know. WWE made him champion against my uh, uh, best advice. <laughs> so, who knows? Uh, so, real quick, let's go over Rampage's match card. Uh, we are out of time, but I do want to go over it real quick uh, for the uh, audience listening. Uh, tonight, as we mentioned, we have Matt Harvey and uh, Darby Allen. I think Darby Allen's going to win this match. Your thoughts, sir? Agree. This uh, there's no reason Matt Hardy should win this match. Yep. Next match: Penelope Ford versus Willow Nightingale. I have no idea. Don't care. Your thoughts? Penelope Ford all the way. I'm a Penelope Ford fan, so uh, yeah, she's going to win this one. I'm starting to think you just like pretty girls in wrestling. Well, who, well, who doesn't? I, I mean, I think that's how you're basing your decision. You know, I got to start paying attention to that when we do our predictions for pay-per-views uh, during the uh, female matches. Huh. <laughs> Intriguing. Okay, then we have uh, Danhausen versus uh, Ethan Page. Uh, Ethan Page is, is going to win this match. This should probably be like a hook match. Uh, has a sun hook, uh, you know, 20, 30 second, maybe a minute match. Your thoughts? Well, actually, you just uh, you, you brought something up that I thought sounded interesting because you name dropped Hook, and we know that Hook is uh, is good buddies with Danhausen, and so potentially maybe we'll see a post match uh, angle between Hook and Ethan Page setting up a potential match for the FTW title at some point. Well, he's got a he's got a uh, partner. That's not normally a wrestler. I can't think of his name. I'm supposed to be with them next week, and they have a tag match uh, against two individuals. Have you heard about that? I can't think of the guy's name. It's not. Is it is Action Bronson? I think his name is. It. Yep. Uh, who yeah. are they facing? Uh, they're, they're facing. Uh, what's the team called? Uh, they used to be called Two Point uh, Two Point Oh, but it's. Uh, uh, it, it's the it's the it's the guys that are part of Jericho Appreciation Society. I, yep. yep. They used to be an NXT. Uh, they were they were uh, ever rise in NXT. Yep, I, I know who you're talking about. Uh, they actually don't even call themselves like a tag team name anymore. They just call themselves individual names. Yeah, I know who exactly you're talking about. Uh, they're Daniel Garcia's buddy. They brought him in. Um, yep. So, uh, well, so are you saying that Ethan Page a win or Dan Housen? Oh, oh yeah. No, this will definitely be a win for Ethan Page. All right, and then we have the. Uh, uh, a match for the uh, Ring of Honor World Television Championship, uh, Samoa Joe versus Josh Woods. Uh, the only way uh, Samoa Joe loses this match to this green-haired guy is if uh, the faction gets involved, in my opinion. I do think that it's time for Samoa Joe to 
drop the title. Shoot, why would you have a world television title for Ring of Honor who's not even on television? So, yeah, maybe it's time for him to drop the title, and maybe the faction gets the I'm going to give this one to Josh Woods. I don't think he deserves it, but I do think that uh, maybe they'll get involved in uh, I'll show the match. Your thoughts? I am going Samoan submission machine all the way in this match. I, I do think the faction will get involved post-match, but I don't think they're actually going to cost him the title. I think if Joe drops the ROH title, it'll be at another ROH event in the near future. You know, I haven't even heard an announcement about an upcoming pay-per-view for Ring of Honor of you. I haven't, but you got to imagine there's there, there's going to be one coming up in the near future. I would think so. Uh, I think Tony Khan's... Uh, you know, uh, Warren said something uh, on the first episode he was on about Ring of Honor because I was making the same complaints, and he's like, Tony Khan just wanted that man to put it in his trophy case to say he owns it. He's not going to do anything with it. And so far, he's been right. Uh, I disagreed with him heavily on the show when he said that, but he, he so far, I mean, you have to give, your, give him props. He's absolutely right. Uh, it's basically just in Tony Khan's uh, trophy case. He's not doing a thing with it, which is sad. I really, I miss Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor had its own identity before it ever went out. And uh, it just, I don't know. Uh, there's so much history and legacy there. Uh, it's kind of like if somebody bought WWE and uh, just put it on a shelf. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Makes makes total sense. I mean, that's what WWE basically did with ECW back in the day when they brought that back. It was just another wwe program it wasn't ecw yep yep all right sir so that is everything that i have for today uh do you have anything oh i'm uh i'm all talked out i think <laughs> yeah long show today but a good show we went over a lot of different facts and a, a lot of uh, a lot of things happening in the rest of the world you can't hardly do a 20 minute show anymore when it comes to wrestling there's so much going on <laughs> all right so guys you've been listening to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast with your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy and Donnie Cage. We want to thank you all so much for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in for uh, Monday's episode. A lot of stuff I'm sure is going to happen over the weekend. And as always, God bless. God bless America. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We wouldn't want to do this without you. Thank you.